Hello, welcome to the Full English, the United Kingdom's Airbnb podcast, the place to learn how to buy, host and grow your Airbnb business, specifically in the United Kingdom, helping you to learn, grow and become an Airbnb success. Hello and welcome to the show. This week we are very lucky to have both Polly and Mamadou with us. They are a couple. They both studied in the beautiful city of Oxford and this is where they operate their short-term rental business. They have proven to be quite a potent partnership together. Polly has an entrepreneurial flair and Mamadou is, I think, an engineer at heart. My take is that Polly has provided the drive and Mamadou has provided the cold, hard engineering of the systems they have in place, which has made scaling their business possible. Maybe that's an oversimplification, but either way, they've achieved great success with their Airbnb business. In this conversation, they were both willingly and importantly, very able to speak openly and concisely regarding the challenges they have met and how they've managed to overcome them. In this episode, we explore how to develop and implement automation of systems, how to furnish a property and insights into the difference it can make, guest communication and the importance of using a good channel manager. That's enough of an introduction from me. So let's get straight into the show. Holly and Mamadou, welcome to the show. Thank you. Nice nice to be here. Good. It's great to have you. This is the... um, First time I've had two guests on a show. I'm sure it will work out very well, but that's um, exciting and a very slight difference uh, with with today's show. Let's jump straight into the detail. Like I always like to do, I like to start with just a little bit of background about about my guests, how you've started, how you've got into short-term rental. So just um, tell us a little bit about your background, first of all, and how you've, first of all, how the two of you met and then how you got into the short-term rental business. Yeah, sure. Okay. Well, um, me and Polly, we're, you know, we're partner. Uh, Polly's my girlfriend. And we met just after uni, I guess, in Oxford. Um, we both studied there. And uh, we very, I, I moved to Leamington Spa uh, and Polly came with me because I got a job in engineering for uh, Jaguar Land Rover at the time. Uh, so I had no intention of, you know, starting, from my side, I had no intention of starting a property business at all. I was an engineering uh, graduate doing engineering and Polly was doing nutrition and working with kids. Um, but Polly had started her own business quite early on. You were always quite entrepreneurial and trying to uh, create something that was flexible time-wise. And, yeah, uh-huh. I've got a chronic illness, so I knew the working world, it just wasn't gonna work for me. So I've always been looking at ways that I can create income myself. And we completely stumbled across this, like by chance. Um, we we moved into our very first house. We had a spare bedroom, and we'd heard of this Airbnb thing. Um, not many people were talking about it actually. It was yeah, this was back in like 2016 or something. Yes, yeah, yeah. 2016. Yeah. Yeah, and um, well, Mamadou was travelling a lot. He was in the states. He was all over the place. And I thought, well, I'm just going to try it. 
And I thought, probably not many people are going to come to Leamington Spa. And um, by month two, it's actually paying our mortgage and all of the bills. And we were, we were absolutely blown away. So I thought, well, if we can do this with one, I wonder if we can do it with 10. And I guess the goal was to, we were like ships in the night. So we weren't really seeing each other very often. And I thought, how do we spend a bit more time together mm -hmm. and, and just get out of each other's, you know, get out of both the jobs that we have. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, pretty quickly after we hit some big figures, I think it was 18 months after we started that we both quit our jobs. Yeah. Um, and that was a pretty stressful 18 months. We uh, we knew that we had to automate automate it to, to continue, but we had no idea how to. So, yeah, I mean, our business is based on automation. And, and yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll come on to the automation in quite a lot of detail um, as yeah. we go through the conversation. Um, I suppose, did you have more flexibility, do you think, Polly, being as you were self-employed, uh, Amanda, I, you were working full time, did you, did you have a bit more flexibility? I did, yeah. I mean, I was working a lot of hours, but I could I could work it around sort of my needs a little bit more. Mm. Mamadou was flown off, uh, you know, sometimes a month at a time. Yeah. Um, so I, I definitely had more flexibility there, yeah. It was it was challenging at the start because, um, so obviously we started in our house in a spare bedroom. And this was scaling now to um, an actual, you know, whole property. Um, and when we first started, our first property was in Oxford. We decided to do it in Oxford, which was an hour away from us. So it wasn't like we could just pop in and, you know, like in our house when we first did it, we could just, you know, quickly mm -hmm. give to someone to watch and then put it, it we could be a lot more flexible and mm, mm. blessing in disguise because mm. we really had to start thinking about um uh delegating tasks and automating and making things easier because we couldn't from just travel away. yeah yeah more. I, was just, I was just gonna say that's that's a blessing isn't it because that's made you set up from first principles as exactly. things that will need to be in place as you've got more and more properties yeah but it definitely wasn't smooth sailing i mean um yeah. sort of it's one of these that everything that could have gone wrong went wrong we were complete newbies and we didn't know what we were doing and to be honest we thought we'd made the business model up ourselves <laughs> <laughs> how little we knew and as we started to grow we started seeing the other people doing what we were doing and we thought you know how do we how do we just do better and we mm. did um, yeah. you know get to the top three in in oxford in the properties that that we've got and we just have had a lot of fun doing it uh, but it's also been it's been hard work yeah and I'd say the last 18 months I don't know if you agree is when we've really started to enjoy and take time off and and yeah. travel and and it's really really worked for us it's um yeah it's been incredible really what we've yeah what you know what's happened with it yeah so, that, so that's in the last 18 months you feel that you've got you've managed to get to that position so yeah. you, had, you had 18 months initially where you were both working on this yeah. uh, and working full-time yeah um in the last 18 months have become a little easier uh what, what yeah. about the, the the period after what about the period after you both quit your jobs was that particularly stressful i would say um so it was a big decision to quit our job and to leave you know like um uh, regular in or regular secure income if you will um, but we already we were already earning we were already matching our own income. Um, what was the first eighteen months when we after we quit our jobs was a lot about refurbishing properties, something we'd never done before. Like you know, almost 
to a bigger scale and we did I remember that summer so we I think we I quit my job in March 2019 mm. and that summer we were looking for just one more property and we ended up getting three from the same landlord mm-hmm. uh, they all needed work and they all needed to be done within a month <laughs> and so we took them on and that was again that was you know in hindsight pretty stressful but the, the learning curve was just huge and we're, we're able to just look back at these times and think okay this is next time this is how we're going to do things so you know the learning of all the mistakes and all the um things that we felt we could have done better or didn't want to do again these are the these are, these are the things that I feel like we've learned yeah so t- tell us some of the things then from this first property you're living in Leamington Spa you've got property in Oxford uh, trying if you're able to reel off sort of a few of the things that that happened that went wrong that you've sort of learned from and then uh, importantly put kind of systems in place that have, that have dealt with those so right at the beginning when we we were you know feeling bold and the model we use is rent to rent which means we rent from the landlord and then we do Airbnb sort of on top of that and we were really bold at, well a few people were looking around the property and I, I thought, you know, I really want to speak to this landlord, but really nervous. And I sort of, I said, come on, let's walk off. And then I said, no, turn around. And I said, you know, this is what we do. We love your property. Um, and we t- she said to us, um, have you talked to your parents about this? <laughs> I didn't have any makeup on at the time without makeup. I, I think she thought we were in our Teams, no, I and I remember thinking oh my goodness how are we ever going to do this if everyone thinks we've <laughs> passed our parents so the first one was in in Headington in Oxford it was a two bed two bathroom and it you know it's basic but it has everything we yeah. needed and one example um it was a day actually that Mamadou had a promotion and he was starting his new job and I can't remember was it the um the key box something it was the very first oh yeah so we installed uh yes that's it we installed a smart lock on the door so we wanted to do the whole system to be keyless the the communal access was keyless already so we thought we just need to install a smart lock on the door and i didn't realize when i installed it there was a setting to uh for the smart lock to turn off automatically and only turn on to update itself or when someone types the code in Mm -hmm. i left it on all the time and so our very first guest arrived, I think, <laughs> around 10 o'clock, maybe 11. They were a contractor. And we got a call saying that the lock had run out of battery and they couldn't get in. Right. It was actually later than that because, and I think they'd had a few drinks as well. They kept, they come back. Yeah. And uh, you, I think you came back at night, ended up coming back at two or three yeah. in the morning. And then you had to start your new job at yeah, seven o'clock so, the next morning. Yeah. And we, this is when we thought, you know what? we can't be doing this it's it's that was a two-hour round trip um and this is when we started looking for like handyman you know we had a a few people that we could contact we started to build up a team and this is when we really thought you know we've got to take this a bit more seriously we can't be doing it all ourselves because Mm. no peace of mind and we were also applying because Airbnb rewards you on how quickly you reply to people that that want a booking and uh we were messaging people at like two three in the morning from like Hong Kong and we basically had slept with our phones on loud and it was a complete nightmare we yeah, yeah. <laughs> you won't know, it was actually a complete disaster but we, we learned so much from it and I remember this first guest I was so worried because it was our first property first guest I was like oh no I'm gonna get such a bad review and they've been locked mm. up for like 
for an hour. But luckily, very luckily, you know, the guy understood and we actually got a really, really good review from it. We actually offered him a bottle of wine. Yeah, anyway. and so they had a bit to drink anyway, which I think helped in the blow. You managed to talk him around. Fantastic, fantastic. As, um, so there's some early kind of stuff there, isn't there? And sort of the mistakes, the mistakes that you make early on. Do you think that um, if if you were to do it all again, would you, it seems that you've sort of engineered your systems yourself from first principles. Um, mm. An alternative could have been to sort of try and find some systems that other people have used and to adopt those in the first instance. Um, with hindsight, do you think you would do it that way or or do you think there are benefits to have kind of sort of fallen into the man traps and, and learned the lessons the hard way as you've progressed? Well, it's a difficult one because each lesson has led us on to, to something different. I definitely would have liked some sort of course or coach or guidance. And as I said before, I, mm. I genuinely thought we made this business model up ourselves. So I thought, you know, why would, you know, what would I Google? Because we've made this up. Mm. <laughs> I think, yeah, I, I, it's, it is a difficult one. I think for sure, if we were to do it again, we would definitely learn about uh, we would just definitely learn about systems that other people are using, but up to a point, I think the action, taking action is a lot more important, um, especially when you start delving into all the details about um, automation and stuff before you've even got a property. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think it's like this, you, you just get, get to it when you cross that bridge and you can learn it there. Yeah. Um, I would... I would definitely get some guidance for which to do again, but step by step, get the guidance at the right time for where we are in our yeah. journey. Yeah. I yeah. Also, like when we take on new properties, we we don't automate it straight away because you can't, I don't think you can automate something you don't fully understand. And each property is slightly different. Um, you yeah. know, various different things. And I just think we, we wait three weeks and we learn about the property. So we are a lot more hands on. We don't, have to do it that way um but we we want to learn a bit more about each property and then we can do it really well as well so the automation is really hits the property's needs so we're not sort of second guessing or just copying a you know a property that's slightly different so yeah we we are a bit more hands-on beginning yeah how do you how are you guys finding um obviously you've got some systems in place now and it's therefore becomes really important for you that you can find new properties uh, to take on and new landlords to work with or you know, new new properties to take on under your rent to rent model how are you finding these guys uh, and how are you convincing them that it's a good deal for them uh, to to work with you yeah that's a really good question actually it's it's not about convincing at all um it is about having a chat with them learning what their needs are um i mean you know a lot of landlords want to be hands off and the question we actually get asked is why wouldn't the landlords do it themselves? It's because they don't know how to. And a lot of them do want to be hands off. And there's so many benefits to it. So let's say uh, they, they don't have any voids. They don't have any gaps at all. We often sign five year contracts. Yeah. Um, light a, maintenance. Exactly. We do light <clears throat> maintenance. Um, there's a lot less wear and tear on the property. And each guest, after each guest, it gets clean. So the property is as good as new. There, there mm-hmm. is no wear and tear and if there is anything that you know goes wrong or needs to repaint we sort that all out so it's sort of like a no-brainer for them 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like you said, it's really about, um, obviously, when we first started this, we were going around, um, you know, the normal channels that you would to find a rental property would meet the landlord and say, this is what we, uh, this is who we are, this is what we're trying to do. And uh, and it's not about convincing them. It's just about finding the right landlord. Um, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, you don't want to get into, you definitely don't want to sign a contract with the landlord that's on the end, just uh, on the fence and just find out later down the line, actually, this relationship isn't going to work. So, and also, I think, I don't know if you want to tell the story, there's, it's also about finding the right landlords. Yeah, um, I do tend to go, if, if, if I want to go out to dinner with this landlord, then we tend to, to you know, to work with them. Yeah. Um, but, mm. but sort of at the beginning, we said yes to everyone, just mm. because we were excited and thought, you know, yeah, another property. And I do say, you know, we don't work with everyone. Um, you know, we work with people that that we want to and life too short. So, it, you know, it's, it's important that we have a great relationship. And um, mm-hmm. there's no pushing, there's no convincing. It's sort of just a nice, generally a nice, easy conversation. But at the beginning, we were going through like spare room, gum tree, stuff like that. And I think it was like open rent. Was yeah. it open rent? I think it was like one in five landlords. One in five. I think we got it down to one in three said yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but we actually haven't looked for a landlord in in two years because our names got passed around and um, we've gone to a, th- a few um, property networking meetings and our name now just gets passed around, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and we've known now to more things than we've said yes to. Um, just because we've got a little bit more specific on what kind of properties we're looking for. So central parking, which is really hard in Oxford, parking is almost unheard of, but we, we generally are saying no if there's no parking, mm-hmm. two bedrooms, mm-hmm. uh, two bathrooms, and just in the centre of town. Um, mm-hmm. to point where we can be a bit more picky in business, which is a nice place to be, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then how do you how do you think about pitch into these guys obviously there's all the stuff that you've just said in terms of it kind of working well for them and maintenance and all of this stuff but obviously you've got to offer them a financial package which um gives them enough incentive to to want to go with you as well um what kind of and we're probably starting to edge into more the technical side of stuff i can see your face lighting up already mamadou um but but how, how do you um how do you figure out how to pitch it financially what are some of the things that you'll be looking at? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, so. Every property is different, really. So, you, it, firstly, I mean, when we first started, it was very much uh, we were very much going on to finding the right property and offering them the rental asking price, or maybe a hundred pounds over. That was our, like how we first started, up to, up to a hundred pounds over. Obviously, based on our properties in Oxford, a hundred pounds is somewhere else might be a lot, a lot of money. Yeah. Um, but we were really hanging on onto the benefits and saying, you know, there'll be no void periods and adding all these costs that they would have otherwise and showing them that um, if we offered the asking price for the, the rental amount, then they would benefit massively. Now, I know a lot. some people ask slightly under because they, they feel that the benefits are outweigh. Um, uh, yeah, they did ask slightly under. But we felt that at the time there was such a demand in Oxford that we were able to, you know, giving. And at the end of the day, it's also a win-win. It has to be a win for the landlord, a win for us. So mm-hmm. we weren't trying to underpay anyone or any landlord. We were just 
thinking, you know, if we hit our margin of, I think at the time it was at very least 50% of the, of the whole rental amount per month on top of that. So as a profit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it depends on the property. Um, and now we're much more thorough. We would go back and look at the exact location. We would use uh, websites like AirDNA, which is a, um, you know, a big mark, um, a website yeah. which the properties online or all the Airbnb properties and, and how just, much they earn. Right, yeah. yeah. And, and look you at use their DNA, do you? That's, that's, yeah, yeah, we do. Yeah. IDN is great. It's a lot of information. So you've got to understand how to use it. Uh, but once you do, you can make some um, really base, easy decisions with it. Yeah. Um, and the information, the information that it gives you um, is accurate because obviously you've had the opportunity, opportunity to look at the data that it gives you and then to reflect back on that six months yeah. a year later it's you find the information reliable it is reliable i think in our market it's reliable because there are lots of properties so obviously the more properties you have in an area the more is going to reflect the true value of what you're going to be able to get but we have looked at other places outside of oxford for investors and stuff and it can be a little bit more difficult because when there are, there are many properties around then you start to you, you, you have to start uh, going into Airbnb itself or Booking.com or the other platform and sort of like make a judgment call. Mm -hmm. uh, the other thing AirDNA doesn't give you, AirDNA is just Airbnb, Booking.com and VRBO. So any other platforms, it doesn't pull that data from it and mm -hmm. it doesn't direct bookings. So if anyone is taking money from, you know, their own ad advertising direct bookings, then it won't reflect that. So actually, it will show, it will show an underperformance in that scenario, wouldn't it? Which I suppose you'd rather it showed an underperformance than a than an overperformance. Exactly. Definitely, and also because we're connected to fifty plus um, different websites that are all you know talking to each other, but we're we're with quite a few. But I guess they're the top three, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. ones like Expedia and a lot of them. The main yeah. ones, you're right. So talk me through um, a little bit in terms of refurbishments. So you've already mentioned that you've done quite a few refurbishments to the properties. So what refurbishment looks like uh, to you guys, the kind of things that you would be doing to a property uh, and then also how you've. How you've been thinking about the value that you're adding um, and how you kind of get your money back from those refurbishments that presumably you're paying for uh, under these rent to rent arrangements? Well, well, it depends, actually. The first one we started off, I have to share this, I try not to laugh through it. Um, but we had a guest staying with us in our spare room. His name was Marius, really lovely. He stayed with us for three months and he was a designer. Um, he, he, what did he do? He did, he did cars. Car, something car design. Car, car design. General design, yeah. And, um, we didn't know what we were doing in our first one and we actually we didn't have much to spend i think we had four thousand pounds and that was including first month's rent the deposit. the deposit and we had 500 pounds to do up the whole property so we were you know facebook marketplace and he did some of the pictures a fantastic artist mm -hmm. he did some some artwork for us which we put on the wall because we ran out of money yeah and um he came in and helped us and i thought how funny that our Airbnb guest is there involved. He's a good friend of ours now. He's in Germany. We go and visit him. It was, you know, it was a great time. And he was kind of like, I think you need some yellow in there. Yellow in yeah. there to make it pop. And like yellow and grey, this is when it was like really big face. Now it seems to be orange. Um, so we managed to do that. 500 pounds. 
and it worked a treat actually it looked really yeah. I mean it was really basic looking back it was basic and we always do um phase one phase two and phase three so because we don't always know exactly how a property is going to perform we do phase one so we start pretty basic and if we're earning quite a bit of money then we add add more to it and then as we go phase three um, rather than spending thousands and I've seen people ten thousand pounds you know I've heard people hmm. spending properties and some of them don't do well so we do it bit by bit hmm. and as Mamadou said we got there was a time where we got three properties in like a month or something ridiculous and these were I'll be honest I had a little bit of a cry when we took these on because I thought oh people shouldn't be living in these conditions I was so sad that the landlord and there are no regulations um definitely in Oxford and and oh, it was really grim so we, again we were on a budget and I think it was five grand per property if I remember correctly and that was including the deposit and the rent and you know bills and we had no one in there but we did negotiate with the landlord to put new bathrooms in because we said we'll work with you and we'd love we'd love to work with you mm -hmm. um do need to do a little bit of work mm. we, we'll do majority of it we'll do you know, we did a lot of painting, we replaced various things, but the bathroom was really, really grim. So he replaced the shower, the various other yeah. things in there. And I think, I think just to add to that, I think part of it was to show the landlord that actually, you know, they needed to do that work anyway. Even mm -hmm. if, 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 if we weren't going to go with us or rent it out to like a long-term tenant, we we were able to point out, you know, well, this obviously this bathroom needs repairing because of this and you're going to struggle with this. And uh, that's how we were able to convince them to do the work. Mm. And it was funny because uh, we had, oh God, we really massively changed it. Nothing like how it did with all the furniture and, you know, so much. And within them seeing it, they went, oh, we've got to give you all the other ones. And, and yeah, can you do so it right happy. now? You're thinking, oh, my gosh, we're burnt out already. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I actually remember Mamadou had a holiday book to the south of France. And I said, you know what? You go. You go. You enjoy yourself. I'll do it. And I was cursing myself for saying that because I was working until like 12 o'clock and then I was still working at the time. So I had to get up, drive back, be at work and appointments like seven in the morning. I thought, do you know what? I was sending him um, on the middle finger emoji on um, on WhatsApp. <laughs> <laughs> Just being like, this is so hard. Um, yeah. And we did it ourselves. And that's when we thought, you know what? We do need a painter. We do need, and, and bit by bit, you know, we just added more to the team. Yeah, I think... So I think when we first started, we our budget was very small. But the thing is, the way we marketed the property was we didn't try and market it as something else. It was a basic property. It was a, a fair price for location. And actually, people liked it. Yeah. We got really mm -hmm. good reviews because the expectation was built from the start. And yeah. it was, you know, all the essentials were there. And people knew they were base, uh, booking a basic property. And then we were able to add to it over time. We added sort of dark greens in there on the mm, wall. Yeah. We added mm, mm, mm. Um, fire and ball paint because it was such a small space. We had yeah. really gorgeous colours in there. And then, you know, we do all like um, lots of H&M, lots of, lots of Facebook Marketplace. And we really made them all pop. And we had people mm. on like spare room messaging, you know, people going, I don't suppose you'd rent it out. This is the best like rental I've seen. And we, mm. you know, it's quite yeah. nice to hear that, wasn't yeah. it? Mm. So that makes quite a big difference. That well, what difference does it make? These things that make it pop. Um, oh, it makes how much difference does that make in terms of you know occupancy rates and you know nightly rates? 
It's, it's when we first started, it was, uh, I, I feel like the standard of Airbnb or service accommodation, accommodation generally has just increased dramatically, and especially in terms of design. Uh, I think like uh, hosts and just customers generally are just much more design orientated and aware uh, than a few years ago. Um, I think a few years ago, you could just like, you know, have a couple of like yellow cushions on the bed and, you know, the collab pops and it would like stand out on Airbnb. Yeah. And no people still do that, but I think the standard is much higher. Um, so yeah, definitely. And I think what we're seeing, what we didn't do in our own personal house at the start and we've, we've done with Airbnb is that we've been a bit brave with to go bold. I think it's like one of the only opportunities we get to try different styles and interiors, you know, mm. having a few properties, we can try different. We've got some of our very dark blue, dark green. Um, people love it, don't yeah. they? We even say, well, can you come and do our house? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and we have people ask this, loads of yeah. people say, can you come and do our house? And we're thinking maybe, maybe we might we've got, enjoy um, it so much. We've, we've got, um, we had TV studios inquiring as well to use the space for filming. Um, there so, is a yeah. platform, isn't there? There is a platform that um, for these studios, I can't remember what it's called, but it's a bit like Airbnb, but for uh, filming yeah. sets. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. I think I follow an account on Instagram. I think they're called the Location Guys or something, and they do something very similar to showcase all these. But yeah, I think yeah, design is. I think people are just becoming much more design conscious, mm-hmm. and not just super, not design no superficial design where you just have color. It's also mm-hmm. about the of the space mm-hmm. and I think probably you said this a while ago it's like when we went to design we wanted to design something that's aspirational mm-hmm. so people go to the property and they're like oh I can see myself I can get ideas from this property for my house mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Almost sort of people can go in there and go oh, I want that or and the next thing we're thinking about is um maybe selling some furniture and some prints and some lights and stuff like that and for so many people go where did you get that from and a lot of it's sort of like Ikea. There are various, loads of places that we shop at, TK Maxx, yeah. all of these places. But we thought actually maybe we start retailing the bits in the property as well to add another income. So many yeah. people are about it. Yeah. Um, and you can get, people, you can get, right? there's certain deals out there where you can get free stuff. So you could put like a, a, yeah. a smeg, smeg fridge, for example, um, and you get them to give you the fridge um, because people will come into the property and to see it. Um, and I know that's been done that's been done in the states it's probably not been done i don't know if it's been done over here yet but um i think there's definitely there's definitely a yeah. market for that yeah and like, you know we're all in and instead of having like 100 properties we're more like can we have 10 15 and can we maximize it how can we have a few sources of income coming out from that so that will be what we'll be doing um you know within the next year it's finding a few more sources of income from each property and yeah yeah yeah, yeah. fantastic fantastic a lot of design stuff there what about um the other side of it which is you could have property it looks great but and you go in and like the dishwasher doesn't work or mm, you know yeah. there's stuff there's stuff just leaking or stuff that's kind of tatty yeah. or you know these these sort of negative things that can happen when you come into a property as well um i'm guessing you would tell me that they're e- equally as important but i'd like to get your viewpoint on it and, and a your viewpoint and b how you control it yeah, well, I think like for, for, for like it's very easy to design 
uh, Airbnb properties and just think about um, how it looks, how it's like from the marketing standpoint. Um, because we we just we do consume design visually at the, because we've all got our phones and our social media accounts. But actually, it's about the we've got to make sure the essentials work first. So that's all really always what we focus on. You know, the basic needs of the guests. You can't out you can't outdo the basic needs with paint colors or you know uh, bright cushions. So. You know things like washing machine and dishwasher, all the all the utilities. We we've got you know we do all these checks at the start before we market the property and before we let first guests come in. But at some point we've got to accept that things will break down, um, things will not go right. Um, I mean, as an example with appliances, it's about understanding you know if the appliances gets an error, for example, an error message, then can the guests solve it quickly? Do we need, is it uh, urgent? Do they need to solve it now? And if, and, or can they solve it in a few days time? So mm -hmm. all like options, there's just a different path plan, essentially. Mm -hmm. um, so the first one with the guests, like, can they solve it now? So we need to have like saved messages ready, or, you know, we need to go through the manual and go through all these options and all of these are pre-written messages that we've got. We've got a glossary for each property, essentially. And we, we work mm -hmm. with a a channel manager, a ch channel manager rather, um, Guesty, and they, we have all these saved messages that most of the time they can deal with it, and we yeah. have a bit of a, a closed loop. So Guesty can now contact our handyman, and it's really only emergencies that they call us. So we have a few handymen that are, yeah, um, sort of on call. One, one main, mm -hmm. and then fewer piece not available. And most of the time they can come in sort of that day, and guests are pretty okay with that actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I so. So I think that brings us on nicely, doesn't it, to um, sort of the automation side of things. And I know that Mamadou, from sort of an engineering background, it's something that's dear to your heart, and I think something you've enjoyed kind of building up over, over the last few years. Um, I'd like you to kind of, I'd like you to try and explain that to us as best you can. Sort of first of all, starting kind of from a high level, so we can kind of get a feel of like the framework and the mm. structure. There. I know you've got the guest manager that you use, Guesty. Um, yeah. I'm keen to understand if, from your point of view, that kind of sits at the centre um, and yeah. the stuff that comes off of that. But I think if you could try and talk us through that, um, and then we can yeah. sort of di dive into bits of detail as we go, I think that'd be great. Yeah, well, I guess the first, the first, uh, I guess to understand the value of automation, if we go back right back at the start where we didn't have automation uh, in that way, is I remember the first time we just used our calendar we wanted to be on airbnb and booking.com at the same time to maximize our chances and so at the time the thought the way we thought we'd do it is we'll like we'll link airbnb's calendar through a google calendar and then we'll like you know share that google calendar with booking.com and that worked to some degree but we got so many double bookings because mm -hmm. they don't synchronize automatically mm -hmm. um, so it's the reason I'm saying that is because a lot of the time it's really easy to look at these channel managers, which you know essentially just bring all these channels into one place and look at the cost when you have one property and feel like, oh, is it worth the cost? Could I could I just you know wait till I have three or four properties? But my advice is just you know go with the first property because then mm -hmm. you know you, can, you have the capacity to be able to see further and think, okay, this is how I can scale. You're building so, the systems from the beginning, aren't you? If you do yeah, that, yeah. You did Aminar, didn't you, at the beginning? You yeah, said, I did. Oh, but this is taking a big cut. Yeah. 
And had we looked back now, we would have done it sooner because it meant we can move quicker. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. You you continue. Yeah, exactly. Just... So at the start, so at the start, so what Paul is talking about is we use a channel manager that you know brings it brings in all the information from a different platform in one place. Um, and there was so we use a platform called Guesty. There are many others, um, but we use Guesty for several reasons. I'll go. Uh, I'll tell you in a, in a second. But basically, the the most important thing I would say is your calendar and the way you message your guests. So you can see all your guest messages in, in one area and then you can just reply to them. And then in terms of automation is you'll start to realize that the messages, a lot of the things that we do are just standard. They're the same thing every single time, you know, like check in, mm -hmm. message in check out messages. Um, that's the basic basics basis of the of the automation and then you start to realize that the guests actually are asking the same questions all the time mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and so you can start to say saved answers um you know you can do that through airbnb uh, but the reason we went with guest is because they have an option of basically essentially giving you a va mm -hmm. um i know a lot of people use a channel manager and then they hire a va separately to deal mm -hmm. with uh the communication with our guests and mm -hmm. you know if we need to call a handyman or talk to the cleaning team but with guest it was all encompassed so we thought okay this is the value that we want we want everything which is in one place we can see everything in one place and mm -hmm. it's automated that way um and then it's it's really hard like i was just saying at the start it's really easy to um to just try and to try and learn everything beforehand the, all the how beforehand and then start to implement it it's much easier to just do it one step at a time mm -hmm. so when you're setting up your calendar with your pricing and then setting up all the basic messages like the check-in check-out mm -hmm. messages almost check almost, e almost each time you feel a pain point um, exactly deal, deal with that uh, but deal with it properly um yeah. each time each time one rears its head yeah yeah and actually one of the most important points with the automation thing is whenever there is a pain point, you kind of have to think is how do I respond to this in a way that if I scale, this is scalable? Because mm. uh, it's very easy to deal with an issue for one property, especially when you have one property off the cuff. But then when you think, OK, if I had 10 properties, how would that work? And if you've got everyone mm. checking, they all tend to check in at the, you know, four o'clock. And mm. um, we get people inquiring all like after work or all at the weekend. Yeah. And we found that when we we got quite a few, we we couldn't get there quick enough. Mm. Um, and actually, just what I love, love, love about Guesty is so pre-pandemic, we had a lot of people from China coming over. A huge portion of them were, I guess, um, Oxford's big city. You've got you've got Vista, and we had so many Chinese guests. And one thing Guesty does is they can speak to the guests in Chinese, yeah. um, Cantonese, and our cleaning team as well. They're Romanian, and mm -hmm. they speak to the cleaning team in Romanian. And I think this is fantastic because there is sometimes the, the language barrier, or or you know different levels of mm. politeness through cultures. Mm. And mm. these guys get it, and yeah. it, it was amazing, uh, yeah. especially with the cleaning team. But there are a few things that we were trying to explain at the beginning what a duvet was. Mm -hmm. Could you? And they would, you know, if we need new duvets, they now go and get it. It's linked to Amazon, all this mm, kind of mm, stuff. Mm. But 
fact that they can communicate in the same language as well and and it, it's also we're, we're big on putting the cleaning team you know making sure their needs are met and um well they are in this way aren't they so yeah. it's just a great addition to it it's amazing isn't it i suppose by definition if you're getting people who can speak chinese and can speak romanian um that's fantastic but the flip side to that is, is you must be getting a different va every time um who's appropriate for that particular guest because obviously presumably they don't have VAs who speak romanian and chinese and spanish yeah. and italian um which then makes um makes it clear that it's going to be quite dependent upon the quality of information which you have got there in that kind of sort of bank or database for them to dip into and to refer to yeah. to be able to give good answers yeah. yeah exactly exactly and i would say with the whole thing with automation is really um before like polly was saying it's like you don't we don't really want to automate something we don't really understand and an example of that is uh when we started the whole automation route we set up our so we set up our messaging system with some things called hyperlinks so for example we say hi john welcome to our property your check-in date is this date and this date uh any uh, any issues to message us on the day. In the field, hi John, we have hi guest first name. So it will replace, you know, whatever guest is booking with us, it will re replace that field with their name. So we've got all these messages copy mm. and pasted. And at the very start, we just thought, okay, try to get into automation very quickly, just copy, paste, copy, paste. And if you're not careful, uh, because every property is slightly different, you can get into the issue that actually it confuses guests. Um, so I would always set up standards first and then automate those standards. For each so, property. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I think that's most important because the automation essentially is whether you want to call it automation using the software or some people, you know, have much bigger businesses, they, they have uh, specific BAs, or you could go all the way down to hiring someone, mm -hmm. but at the end of the day, you need, you need specific procedures or process that if this happens do this mm, that happens mm, that. Mm. so um, with now with guest then how much guest communication comes uh comes back to you um if you know, once a property is fully onboarded and you've got it to sort of maximum automation uh, how much of that guest communication will very, very come back to you like it's unless it's uh maintain a uh emergency uh if it's, um, I mean, we, we still want to know some things, like if there's an issue with the property or the guest isn't happy, guest, you can deal with it by apologizing to the guest and maybe giving them a, a slight refund or contacting the cleaning team, but we still mm. want to know that this happened mm. and then go through it. So it'll be things like this and maybe questions that we haven't answered in our saved glossary, you know, our saved replies, Guesty will be like, oh, how do I, uh, how do we reply to this? Then we'll reply to them, and they'll save it in their dictionary for that property. And they'll then, save it, will they? Yeah. yeah. So in a way, at the start, mm. it, it's a bit, it's a bit more hands-on, hands and then it just becomes uh, smooth sailing. Um, but I would say probably ninety-five, at least ninety-five percent of communication now is taken by over by Guesty. And okay. they do have procedures. There are times, you know, that if we're on holiday or we 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 can't get to the phone. We do say that, you know, they know what to do in, a, in an emergency um, and you can automate a little bit more. But we do want to be, yeah. I guess we semi-automation is the word because we do want to be involved a little bit there. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But the, 
are pretty good at thinking on their feet and um you know emergency situations as well yeah yeah and then so what other tech do you use you've got so we've Guesty obviously does a lot of this for you and this as we've said this kind of sits in the center as kind of like the hub um but then i think you've got some other bits that you use which can kind of tie in yeah tie into the Guesty platform um, yeah what other things tie into it and how easy is it to get them to tie in you've also got the um the keys and then you've got um yeah. what you can do and we, we we don't have it in all of our properties but you have you can monitor noise levels and if it hits a certain level then it it well it will go through to guesty and they will say listen too loud you've got to you've got to put the noise down so there's that as well and these are all tied mm, into yeah. it, aren't they yeah Totally. So like all the like uh, security aspects of so some so some of our uh, properties have cameras outside um, and they've also got a noise monitor. So it just mm -hmm. recalls possible levels, not the actual you know conversations. And then we, we have to pre-warn guests about this, obviously, and see if they're happy to book based mm -hmm. on these devices in there. Most of them are happy to book. Mm -hmm. um, that's kind of like the technology is uh then linked back through guesty through apis and they can monitor that so there's the smart log system uh which is linked to the different platforms you know every time a guest books it generates a new code for them specifically mm -hmm. unique to them so um and this was great for many reasons because at the start if you use a key safe which is all very fun because not all properties can have a smart lock mm -hmm. but uh, beauty about using a smart log is a you don't get keys being lost mm -hmm. and I remember at the start where we had the keys being lost and you know, it was a nightmare and people would go they'd be like an hour away they'd be like oh so sorry we took the key with us um did mm -hmm. we post it to you and we were going oh, at the beginning that's our only key yeah. Uh, yeah. so we to travel to Oxford <laughs> so that's when you know we had an a b and c plan that, that came into it so we had spares all over the place in different key locks but it just got a bit bit messy and it was it's just much easier with the key yeah. lock if that's an option for people. Yeah. And so so the smart lock, you get a specific code for the guests and also means in terms of security that they can't re-enter the property or you know give the code out to people. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. this obviously just to protect our investment, but I think it also really adds to the guest experience because it just makes it just a smooth check-in. Uh you really you can start to get you start to realize actually that's really really important that's like their first impression you know of of the whole of their whole experience and there are things that you won't be able to do like you know especially at oxford they come into oxford and then they're just amazed by the amount of traffic there is so already when they mm -hmm. arrive they're, they're rattled they're like ah there's, you know there was so much traffic so it's our job at the start, very start to be like well now you're going through this easy check-in process um mm -hmm. you just need I mean, that's all you need and you'll be home um so yeah so a lot of this technology is not just what i'm trying to say it's not just for us it's also for the guest experience yeah yeah about um, experience you yeah. know it it gives a lot to us you know it allows us to put our needs first you know our health first and and you know business second but it also gives a fantastic experience for the guests the next thing mm -hmm. we're uh, we're going to do is have the echo linked to as soon as they the um, amazon echo the amazon echo as soon as they enter the property we're going to have some like nice jazz because i know i don't know about you mike but when i've gone to airbnbs and traveling you've got all your luggage sometimes you have to you know walk quite far it can it's stressful and you almost want to get yeah. to the property and go 
oh, there's a bottle of wine there, and oh, wow, that the music's come on as I've entered, and you almost want to go, right, the holiday or the trip starts now. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So if we can have that as soon mm. as they enter the property, uh, then this music sort of clicks on, and it's a bit, it's, it's a bit fun yeah, as well, I yeah. think. Yeah, and you do yeah, see yeah, yeah. you do see, um, we always ask for private feedback, good or bad, just to see what works and what's not working. And something that we've noticed, this is like a direct uh, consequence of the automation, is almost every guest is now saying, God, the communication is so good. And they really, mm. really like that. Yeah. And that would be, that is guesty for us as yeah. they're replying within the hour for mm. almost everything. Mm. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. You know what, guys, I think we could... Um, we could talk about this easily for another hour um and i think we could have so much other stuff we could dive into here in more detail uh, which i just think we just very sadly don't have the time to do today um i think what i'd like to do now is for you to just tell me a little bit more about um basically how people can kind of reach out to you how they can get in touch with you if they would like to um and I know that you've got um, an affiliate link uh, for Guesty, which you'd like to you'd like us to share, uh, which we're more than happy to do so as well. So if you just tell us about that. Yeah. Well, uh, well, uh, we you can find us on our website. So we've got our website is bnb-living.co.uk. That's our official website. It's going through some uh, a revamp at the moment, so it will be uh, brand new for landlords and guests. But they can contact us through there. There'll be a contact form can search for us um and there will also be some interior design stuff in there on our website as well yeah um so also i'm on instagram so you can find me at polly wilding i share some stuff on there and we are going to be a bit braver on instagram and we're going to actually have a joint one <laughs> so you can find us we'll do that in the next week or two uh it'll be polly and mamadou we thought you know airbnb is called you know we just have our names don't we so we'll keep it simple it'll be polly and mamadou um yeah. Yeah, and then it's not, that's it's not taken. That's not taken. No. Exactly. <laughs> I'd be shocked if it was. Yeah. Um, and then uh, for the guest, the for anyone wanting to use Guesty, we've got two links. We've got one for people who've got more than four properties. Uh, if so, Guesty have two systems. There's one for like like it's called Guesty Pro, which gives you all the VA stuff and all the uh, hardcore automation stuff um so that'd be guesty pro that we have a link for that and i think if you sign on then you get 20 percent off your onboarding costs so they uh, you have to pay for onboarding costs and they set everything up for you and then you get uh, money off from the uh for every month and the second one is for people that have between one and three properties it's like a light version of the automation uh, and again you get 20 percent off uh, if you sign in with them through that link as well. But it's a, it's a hyperlink, so we'll give that to you, Mike, and maybe you can put it in the description of the, the podcast. Mm -hmm. or, yeah, Absolutely. We'll put that in the show notes. Polly, Mamadou, it's been amazing to have you on. You've shared so much insight, so open, and you've obviously thought about things so carefully, and you've been great at articulating that as well. So it's been absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much. Oh, oh thank, thank you, you Mike. It's, it's been, been a, a lot of fun, hasn't it? Yes. <laughs>
I hope you enjoyed this week's show and remember we have a new conversation with a UK-based short-term rental expert every week released on a Monday morning. If you enjoyed the show, please do leave a review and a five-star rating. This really does help with the search algorithm and helps others to find the show and helps us to grow the show organically. Have a great week and I'll see you next time on TFE.